Welcome back to the Yankees Nation podcast. Today is February 16th. It has been a long hiatus, and there has not been much action in the baseball world. Um, the, the dismay of many fans, uh, Yankees fans are not. And uh, But we are back, um, middle of February. Well, Brian and I are back, our partner Jose. Um, he had his is on to bigger and better ventures. We wish him the best mm. with his uh his career and uh <laughs> uh but happy to be back talking some baseball a little at least a little bit and we'll um just an update on our um our, our plans as of uh now and the and this pending season. The lockout is still going on, obviously. Um, as of now, our plans are to record every two weeks uh on Wednesdays. Uh, until the lockout ends and then hopefully when we get spring training we'll start to be doing uh some weekly podcasts um i'm back here with brian um so the ryan and brian show it's it's here yeah um, uh brian yeah. it's been a, it's been a while how are you doing i'm doing well you know at my age and stuff every day you're thankful and you count right so um <clears throat> but i i gotta tell you this uh this baseball lockout has uh has uh, spawned many, many, uh, many a discussion about um, which side is is actually going to come out the better of this. And quite honestly, we all know right now the fans are not are the ones that are taking it in the shorts. Um, but it's good to it's good to see you again, Ryan. It's good to be with you. And um, I think you know a lot of things uh, that, that we'll we'll summarize in this next uh, 35, 40 minutes or so. What's transpired so far. Uh, what's been on the docket. I am proud of the Yankees for one thing, and we'll talk about it later, way down the line, when we talk about Rachel Balkovic. I think that's a great that's a great hire, great situation, and a milestone in Yankee history. Um, but I think you know, at this point in time, uh, <clears throat> being, an old, being the old guy in the crowd, okay, uh, and, and the one with history and stuff, and, and just kind of seeing what's happened over the years, I really think the owners are making a drastic mistake here. Um, you know, of course, I'm not in the business side of it with them, but but when we think when we talk about what's happening right now and how this is panned out, um, it's kind of their posturing totally confuses me um, and stuff. And if you'll allow me to go to go to my one main thought of you lock out the players back in the late part of 2020, 2021, you lock the players out. And then. You guys get together once, maybe twice over the extended period of time. Here we are in February, middle of February, uh, about two, three weeks ago, the, the, the baseball owners who did the lockout and sent all the players away and told them they couldn't come to the facilities and told them working out and everything wasn't going to be allowed for the 40-man roster people. Now you're asking for a federal mediator to come and help you solve the situation that you created. I just think that's they are out to lunch. They're 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 they've lost touch with with the uh, the general public. Um, uh, Rob Manfred, I I got to tell you, I've I've I thought uh, I thought there were some weak commissioners before, but this guy takes the cake, and you can run down the list of everything, including the uh, the, the 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 two different baseballs being used, depending upon which series was being played last year. 
and how that could affect stats and, and affect teams results as well as player results. I, I could go on and on forever, but I think they've just made some massive mistakes. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, you're saying that they're out to lunch. I don't think there's any, <laughs> anything that sums it up better that, uh, than Manfred in his press conference this week saying that he, um, he doesn't pay attention to social media, which kind of kind of makes sense with how the MLB is uh, uh, operating through this whole thing. Um, something that came to my mind um, with uh, how the how MLB has been uh, operating this whole thing. Obviously, uh, I I think not everyone knows this, but a lot of, most people know this now because I think the players are doing a good job of. Uh, uh, being on social media and getting the public on their side is that yep. the MLB doesn't have to lock out the players. They could be continuing under the old agreement and playing games, uh, reporting to string spring training right now. Yep. Um, so the, uh, so MLB is uh, the, it's an, it's a negotiating tactic. They're, they're doing this for leverage for, to put pressure on the players because they, the play, they're going to be like, Hey, some, they're going to be hoping players are going to cave because they want to play games. But, um, and, and then they, they implement the lockout and they put out that letter that man, that Manfred released the night of the lockout. Yeah. And the, the one the line that I see is that, that, probably takes me off the most was uh the it's like the, the economics of the game is is a uh, it's uh it's in a good spot we handed however many million dollars out of, uh out uh in the last three days leading up to the, the lockout well it's like that was a manufactured deadline because you knew they were gonna lock you were gonna lock the players out so yeah. it was it was just it was just disingenuous. I mean, it was, uh, it was obvious that they were going to do that. Obviously. Like it was just something that they would, they would use. Yeah. Here's the part that, that here's the part that I don't get. Okay. In, in, in the NFL, at least Goodall, you know, uh, Roger Goodell does, does representation and, and yield, and he, he regulates both sides. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, there's an NFL Players Association, and yes, there's NFL owners of teams and stuff. But Goodell sits in the middle and works both sides, and he coordinates with both sides. Manfred has come across as nothing but the puppet of the owners. Yeah. And and that you know they're the ones that hire him. They're the ones that pay his salary too. Yes, but he has no objectivity, in my book, and and therefore. You know, and, and, and quite honestly, that may be the only reason you would want to bring in somebody from the outside to mediate this and make it happen because he can't do it. He, he's, he's, you know, he's representing the wrong side here. He needs to be as impartial as possible. And I guess it's not going to be, but you know, uh, he's, he's made so many other different faux pas too. And, and, you know, it's clueless as to the, to what the social media is. Now you bring up social media. I think it's fantastic. Uh, you know, when I've read players chiming in, uh, you know, and, 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 and passing to the social media, which gets out there immediately to hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, you know, through a 24 hour period, you know, you're going to hear 
um, you know, the, 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 um, the Garrett Coles of the world, talking about how it was great to have everybody gather in one spot, talking about Matt Scherzer and, and, um, and, and him talking about, here's, here's, the main, here's the main issue. And, and, and he shares it with everybody and yeah. he puts it in plain language for the public to hear. So, yeah, the, the, uh, the social media, you know, as, far, as far as social media goes, they're, they're all over it right now. And, and they really are kind of a sit back and wait and watch because it looks like based on some of the discussions, there's already been agreement on two or three of the key problems and key things. But it's the revenue sharing that still seems to be the biggest one. I think that's the, that's the issue at hand that they can't solve. Um, you know, and it seems like the, the owners are not coming off their, their, uh, their, their number at all. And, uh, the players association has come down two or three times so far in the, in the discussions. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Um, speak, yeah. Speaking of the social media, uh, our guy, Jameson Tyone has also been one who's been vocal and, mm. uh, making some good points on social media yeah. as well on Twitter. Um, the, uh, uh, getting to the the main issues of the uh, just the core issues of what what is uh, the reason why p pitchers and catchers have not reported um, the uh, obviously there's the luxury tax that was uh, this is something that Tyone tweeted about and one of MLB's recent proposals they propose raising of the thresholds but worse penalties and the players are like no <laughs> like that's yeah. not what we wanted that's not what they want they don't want the, the penalty is raised at all because then it's even more of a, a, a cap that yeah like a artificial cap um obviously arbitration has been a big uh a big topic in this um mlb that the, the pa has required like they were at the beginning they were trying to get like one less year of controls to get uh players into free agency early and um the and changing our arbitration and things like that and mlb was like non-starter 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 so um the years of control is not going to change but arbitration likely will and minimum pay um uh, mlb has agreed to raise like the the minimum pay but not as much as the the mlb pa is liking so um, what they go up 140,000 a year yeah, it was like some some low low number I think it went from 500k to 640 or something like that it was just kind of kind of ridiculous yeah. when you look at the top players getting 300 million dollars more these mm -hmm. days too so I, I think they saw that as a way out of line yeah um and speaking on the federal mediator I'm personally glad that the the PA declined that because of uh I mean obviously I it would have taken like two weeks for the mediator to have been caught up um, through through every all the negotiations that have happened so far, and also the the mediator probably would have favored MLB in my opinion because they would have been they would have been going off past CBAs so or like oh based on this like we would uh, uh we should do this um, but and it, it's it's viewed that. Um, the players lost out so bad on the last CBA that um, they're almost like two CBAs behind uh, with progress that they uh, would like to make. So uh, yeah. the mediator would not, I, I think it would have, uh, would have hurt the player's side. So uh, I think it's understandable that they um, declined that. I think it was kind of like a PR move on the, on the MLB side. 
Um, some of the things that have been agreed on, um, finally, the universal DH is here. That has yep. been agree agreed on. Um, I am very pro, T pro DH. I do not like seeing pitchers come up in big spots <laughs> in the, in the, uh, at the plate. Um, oh, come on. You don't want to see Baumgartner rack up, you know, launch launch a few more rockets? No, I'm just kidding. So, you know, the, you one that always, the one that always... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you, you know, you are um, on the edge of your seat when the double switch happens. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, strategy. There's more strategy in the game. But um, yeah, the, the, the one that... Uh, who is who was Bartolo Colon? I mean, I'm out here yeah. in San Diego. Literally, I was I, I wasn't at that game, but that would have been one. I think I, I, I had I had season tickets at the time and, and stuff. And and uh, I sent my daughter and and she's like, who's this big fat guy, Bartolo Colon, who's, you know, hit this home run over the left field fence and stuff and, and everything. So so that's the image when people talk about putting a pitcher up to play to see if yeah. they can put power up that seems to be the image that always shows up out west out here in san diego but uh, but i will tell you you know and 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 instantly uh social media and everybody was all over it because who are the two yankees that names have popped up as you uni when universal dh gets uh, gets approved and who have instant value again luke voigt and probably miguel and duhar yes those two yes. names yeah yeah, yeah. Miggy, Miggy and Luke instantly have more value yeah. again. <laughs> so they can go back to the other league or, or actually yeah. Voight can go back. I don't think Miggy's ever been there. So. Yeah. Luke Voight, it seems like a Milwaukee Brewer to me, honestly. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, I mean, who knows? I, they said, he says he expects to be back as a Yankee, but you know, obviously he's not talking to the team right now because <laughs> of other things that are going on. Um, Another thing that is likely to happen is uh, expanded playoffs. I'm not. Ex I'm not sure exactly the format. I mean, we'll probably we probably won't find that out until um, uh, until the CBA is actually signed. Um, I, I mean, I don't exactly love the idea of expanded playoffs, but I look at the AL East and then I'm like, okay, this might actually help us. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know, I mean, you look at a yeah. team like Toronto last year. That was yeah. uh, that was uh, it, it was pretty unlucky that they didn't get in. Um, I know, so. and they rallied. They probably would have gone a long way because they had been their hottest toward the end of the. Yeah, they tapered off the last couple of weeks, which cost cost them some some uh, some time and distance in the wild card. But yeah, I mean, when you think about it, uh, you know, I mean, this is what I think the uh, the owners have. Um, kind of warped in their mind was the 2020 playoffs you know and how you know so short a season and um 60 games and then you have the expanded playoffs and you play you know these round robins and stuff i i think i don't i i just don't um i think they've got that mindset that they could do that all over again which is why they're not in any hurry to solve this lockout right now yeah uh, yeah i mean uh, there, there was one more thing that I wanted to talk about that was proposed and probably will happen. Um, ML, MLB proposed like a, a maximum amount of times a person can be uh, uh, options to AAA in a season, and they proposed five, which is still still a lot because the season's six months long. Yeah. Um, but uh, MLBPA 
countered with four times being the maximum, um, which I mean, the, something like this, I, I think it's a good thing because, you know, I, you, you talk about the Scranton shuttle and- Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like yeah. Players Cash coming up and down. Yeah. I mean, Cash every, every team does this. this, but you know. Yeah. Um, well, his biggest challenge is going to be, I guess, uh, if if COVID, you know, fades away here, fades fades into the distance for the warmer weather and stuff, is yeah, he, he's not going to have that that uh, COVID uh, rule to be able to bring people up and back all the time like he did then too. So, you know, he we had we had two different two different plans, right? You had you had the uh, you had Scranton shuttle served for people going up and down from recall on the regular roster. But then when the COVID hit, you had people that you could bring up really quickly from the, uh, the, uh, the, what they call it? Taxi squad. Yeah. The taxi squad type thing. So, Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't know what Cashman's going to do now about all that. He's got so many players (laughs) on that, but one of the things I think they wanted to, to avoid was the, uh, the, uh, the Bryant issue of, of delaying somebody yeah. two months at the start of the season um, so that he doesn't, his, this all of a sudden this playing year doesn't count toward his eligibility for, you know. Yeah. That, that has been a big topic um, as well. Yeah. I, one of, one of MLB's proposals, they propose um, like rewarding teams draft picks if they don't manipulate players service yeah. time and then they win like rookie of the year or something like that which like i mean it's kind of it's kind of backwards because it's like yeah you're hey hey reward us for like just i don't know putting the best yeah. <laughs> best players the best. in the field yeah um, yeah uh it'll be interesting to see what happens there um Oh, my overarching thoughts about the lockout as of now. Um, I, I think they got a, got a deal done by like March 1st or we're missing or like at the very latest March 1st, we have to, they have to get a deal done. Because you know, I like March 1st to be known for another milestone in life. Not just that one. Okay. <laughs> but, but uh, March 1st is my birthday. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe a nice birthday present for could be could be yeah yeah um, but yeah but yeah you're right I think they've got to be in play they've they've all said they need four weeks to uh, you know to get everybody up and running and stuff I think the the players said did the players say they could go a little less than that but it wasn't uh, I don't think it was the players that did that but so, you know the three to four week situation of warming up and getting yourself ready and get back in the game again um <clears throat> but you know what <clears throat> would the player would the owners go forward with replacements the minor league teams and start the season i, I don't think that'll happen but uh, I, yeah i know but, but <laughs> you know in in the in the wacky world of major league baseball ownership you know, it, it, maybe it hasn't come up or anything yet, but you know, <clears throat> I don't think you could get the minor leaguers to to yeah. to to play along with that per se. Um, and I just always think of the movie The Replacements uh, with uh, Falco. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so a random thought. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, I mean the. the the thing that I'm afraid with afraid of is when if they hit that point of no return where we're missing games, then I feel like 
both sides are going to like dig their heels in and be even more stubborn and then we're going to miss like months and then when they finally agree on the core issue stuff they'll have they'll agree on uh or they'll have to agree on the shortened season format and the schedule and prorated pay which was a whole that was a whole disaster in 2020 as well um, so that's what i'm afraid of um oh man hopefully in these next two weeks we get some some real progress so. <laughs> it would be nice it would be nice and like i said if they you know somebody can come along with some juice uh you know maybe somebody like condoleezza rice or somebody like that who's outside the game you know and is such a huge sports fan. Now, granted, she's a bigger football fan than she is a baseball fan. But somebody like that can come along and lend some juice to the sides and say, okay, kids, let's sit at the table and let's solve this problem. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah. I know. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully it gets done soon because if they say like they get it, they, they sign it next week. MLB could dominate the sports world with all these signings and trades because it's going to be a, a mad rush to get these deals done because, you know, you want these free agents to have yeah. to have a normal spring training and stuff like that. And, so. and you know what? As, as fast as the Super Bowl ended, there became a sports void that right now for this year is being temporarily filled by the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the Olympics are over in a week. And and, uh, you know, come Monday next week, there'll, there'll be a, a dearth of things. Well, okay, there are basketball fans out there. I'm not necessarily one anymore. <laughs> um, and, of course, there is hockey and stuff. But, but we'll be needing news. We'll be needing the, – the fans will be thirsting for something to happen. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a fan of March Madness. I'm a big UConn fan and yeah. hockey fan. But, I mean, uh, Yankees and, and the New York Giants are one and two like you're yep. neck and neck for me so you know yeah. I, I need this baseball season to happen <laughs> yeah. um all right let's let's move on to some yankee late related things that happened this offseason um i i don't I, the whole eric chavez thing was funny to me <laughs> like the yankees hired like they hired three hitting hitting coaches right <laughs> eric chavez was one of them and then Shortly after being hired, the Mets requested to interview him for the the lead hitting coach uh, yep. uh, with that with that team, and um, Yankees allowed him to interview, and he got the job. So uh, <laughs> it's like that Simpsons gif where the the guy walks in, puts his hat on the the hanger, yep. turns around, takes his hat, and walks out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it, it was uh, like I, I feel like it's good on the Yankees to let to let him interview for a bigger role, and you know, good for Eric Chavez landing. Um, and he's going to be working with Buck as well. That was a big yeah. thing that happened. Um, and, that's huge. I think that's huge. I mean, actually, I think the uh, you know, in the quiet, not quietly, but the Mets have stolen some some big back page news from the Yankees this, this off season. Um, and Buck Showalter, I mean, you bring him up, Buck, Buck Showalter uh, becoming the manager of the uh, of the New York Mets. What a, uh, as a Yankee fan, who knows, but who goes back to those days when, you know, he was manager of the Yankees. And, and then, of course, he's been a voice of the Yankees on Yes for a little while. And, 
and uh, of course uh, MLB uh, network as well and stuff. I, there's nobody that I think can relate to the players better and knows and knows uh, how to play today's game than than Buck. Mm. So I wish him well, and the Yankees are going to regret it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know there is. Uh, of course, we extended Aaron Boone, and uh, you know I, I know it's not the most expire, inspiring move. So. <laughs> Hopefully we get some player transactions that bring some excitement when the uh, lockout ends. Um, next thing that I did see, um, there was a report that, a report from John Heyman. It was during, like he was, it was weird because it's like during the lockout and then all of a sudden John Heyman's tweeting about Freddie Freeman, like like free agency is just going again yep. <laughs> so, yep. and he said the Yankees are going to make they are going to be serious players for Freddie Freeman um I, I I included this because um you know the the Yankees interest in him has been reported before but I feel like we haven't really discussed the possibility of it happening when and like I think it's more possible than people think because like people just assume he's going to go back to the Braves but if the Braves aren't going to give him the best deal. He's, I don't think he's going to stay. I mean, they're going to have to pay up for him and the Dodgers are interested as well. And that's his hometown. So I, I mean, I I think it's very possible that Freddie Freeman could end up as a Yankee, um, especially if the package for Matt Olson is, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I know Freddie Freeman would be, a guy that Brian would love as a with a <laughs> lefty a bat, lefty bat, in, in lefty in, bat, in, short porch. Here we yeah. come. <laughs> I won the ML, the MVP in uh, 2020, and he was a big part of the Braves winning the World Series. Yeah, he's hot. He's still young. He's got. I think he's what? He's what? Three or four years? Is he four years younger than Rizzo? Um, he's, a, he's actually 32. So oh, okay. He's a, he's a little older, but um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, but so, yeah. So that's my question. If you had your choice between Freeman and Rizzo, who do you take? I mean, it's Freeman for me. Yeah. For me, without, easily. without question. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the thing with Rizzo is he has like the, the back issues that have been giving him problems and he's True. declined a little bit. He's not, he's not peak Rizzo. I mean, I love, yeah. I love Rizzo and complain if we got him back, but I mean, Freddie Freeman is a different, that's yeah. a different guy, you know, and Freeman hits just like Rizzo. They're both, they both are great lefty hitters that could hit to all fields. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily pull it all the time and stuff. And of course, uh, you know, once baseball really starts again, I'll get on my rant against about the, uh, you know, how it, it'd be really nice to hit the opposite field and maybe get a single <laughs> once in a while, lay down a bunt, Holy cow, play baseball. Yep so yeah uh, yeah but not now i'll wait till later (laughs) (laughs) hopefully we're talking about this in a couple weeks not a month not exactly um exactly all right let's get to what we've been hinting about um rachel balkovic uh was hired as the low a manager for the tampa tarpons um he's gonna be back with jason dominguez who she's been kind of just tied to him which is, uh, you know, it's good for him to have someone that he knows and is comfortable with. Um, you know, she speaks, she speaks the language as well. Um, so, uh, what are, what are your thoughts, Brian? I I didn't I, listen to the press conference that she had, but I know there was some really really interesting stuff that uh, came out about her when 
um, yep. she got hired. She, she's really, she's really sharp. I mean, I, I did listen to the, the press conference. I listened to the, in the, in the interview, I think she's really, um, you know, when you're talking about the world of analytics and the world of how to, how to play baseball today and stuff, I actually felt that she had a good blend of understanding what history was and also understanding how to take these kids to the next level. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the best parts I liked is that, um, you know, she is somebody that focuses on making contact, not making contact to launch a home run, but making contact, you know, uh, with the baseball to drive it. Like, you know, we used to see people do line drives everywhere, you know, and stuff. Um, but I think, uh, you know, you actually said it in the, in the next line down and stuff, you know, she wasn't known as Rachel, right? She, she you know, and, and how do you get in the game? You have to fool people, you know, you know, I mean, there's, you know, you, you get through, you, you start talking to knowledge, you talk everything about it. And you get that first interview and then you show up with mm -hmm. what are they going to do right and so i mean that's you know i'm just so glad that at least they decided they, they gave her a shot and didn't, didn't tell her thanks but no thanks so yeah uh, but she's been in the game for 10 years mm -hmm. she's she's not she's she's not new to the game she's new to this position because owners and everybody else and the management never wanted to put anybody in a position before mm -hmm. you know so yeah for those who don't know, she she lied on her resume about her name. She called herself Ray, <laughs> so <laughs> to, to fool people. Um, and you know, I, a better baseball name than that, Ray Balkovec. Yeah, I mean that just that just re, you know to me that that just it sounds like a catcher. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and you look at like what what she's done, uh, and on the way up. I mean, she's she's overqualified for this so it's not like a you know th this is a real like she deserves this and um i, I i'm i'll be very interested to see um wh what happens down in low tampa this year i was already following them because of uh i was following dominguez last year but um I, i'll be really interested to see how how it's going hopefully our, our guy eli fishman will be uh back and and reporting on that because he is doing a great job and he has a great knowledge of the minor league system. Um, but, you know, good for Rachel Balkovic and um, I'm excited to see uh, what happens. Yep. Starts out as a strength and conditioning coach, you know, uh, gets involved at all levels and stuff. Um, I think it's, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, I just, I just love, you know, she says, this is the American dream and, and she's getting a chance to live it right now. So. Yep. Last note I have is um, uh, the ESPN prospect rankings came out um, and it has, it has yep. Anthony Volpe as the sixth best prospect in baseball. Um, it, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, they, it was, uh, I saw some stuff on interactions on Twitter is talking about how like, oh, Yankee fans always get like hyped on their prospects. But then like, you look at what Volpe has done offensively in the Myers, it's like one of the best offensive minor league seasons like ever. So yeah. <laughs> this is not like the, the hype is deserved here. Um, being excited for prospect, obviously it's never a guarantee, right? But, 
you know, I, I, this is a guy that I, Dominguez and Ham are, are going to be around. I would be shocked if the, the Yankees dealt him. Yeah. Or Dominguez. Um, no, Volpe is a Jersey boy, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So he's a Jersey boy uh, and he's giving, giving Yankee fans uh, faint thoughts, another Jersey guy named Trout. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's why you know. I mean, a lot of people are hoping and went, uh, hoping and wishing here. So, yeah. Does he like the weather, like like Mike Trout does? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask, what is he? Uh, was he Southern Jersey or Northern Jersey? He's gonna yeah. be a uh, Yankee, a Giants fan, or an Eagles fan? Pork, pork roll yeah. or Taylor Ham? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be exciting, and 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 you know what? Uh, we were talking just before uh, we went on the air here. Um, you know, do they give so so so? Would you give a? Um, uh, you know, we we know that Volpe is not necessarily ready to roll yet. Okay, um, and we got Oswaldo Peraza, Oswald Peraza in in his you know right now in his way uh, to move up and stuff. But Yankees don't have a shortstop going into 2022 here right now. Granted, everybody's hoping for a free agent signing. There has been more talk about, and of course, not from the owners or anybody, because they're not mentioning stuff about real baseball, but <clears throat> that we bring in somebody to hold the spot uh, in the hopes that one of the young guys gets, you know, wait, waiting for the young guy to step into the major leagues. Yeah. So. How would you feel about that, Ryan? How would you feel if we don't get a Carlos Correa and we get uh, either somebody to hold the spot or they bring Peraza up and let him have it and, and an audition for life someplace else? Um, I would almost prefer just like giving Peraza the shot over signing like Andrelton Simmons or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. if you if you're talking if you're saying like the if you're saying the Yankees get Andrelton Simmons like you the the, the only way I'll be happy is like it, you got to you got to get one of the Oakland guys Chapman or Olsen over here mm -hmm. and then let's say like you trade for Matt Chapman and then sign Freddie Freeman like uh, then like I, I can't <laughs> I can't be mad mm -hmm. <laughs> or like you trade for a center fielder um, right I don't know who's out there um, and then you get a starting pitcher like Carlos Rodon or something like that like you, you gotta you know you got to invest in other areas if you're not going to spend on one of the shortstops, um, either career or story. Um, yeah, I, I mean, agree. Just, just, I, I was one of the guys last year who was saying, or not last year, but two years ago saying, no, last year, because DJ was a free agent last year. I was saying if DJ's right. asking for too much, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't against Simmons for a year. Right, because uh, it would have opened up uh, money to sign one of these big, big shortstop free agents this year, but this year is the year those guys are available. So, yeah. um, and Simmons just does not bring much offensively, and the Yankees have, they struggled offensively last year. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, I would almost prefer giving Peraza a shot because you know Cashman himself has said he's ready defensively um he's he's yeah. also hit really well in the minors um yeah who knows who knows if he's going to be included in a trade deal though so we'll see 
But he's on the 40 man, right? Peraza is on the 40 man. Let me see. Let me look. Let me look at. Otherwise, they could be getting a really extended look at him as uh, spring training training starts for the minor leaguers. Yeah. So Oswald Peraza. Let me see if Volpe is on here. Volpe is not on here. So. Yeah. Um, so. So he'll be playing. He'll be playing minor league ball. Yeah. As a, now Peraza. As a, Peraza's on the forty man, right? Is Peraza on the forty man? Yeah. Peraza's on there. Yeah. Um, okay. So. <clears throat> so we're not going to get a chance to see let him build into the and get eyes on him for for this uh fake opening of spring yeah. training <laughs> yeah i wonder i'm wondering how much we'll see of that like i don't know i don't know if they'll be just doing stuff with the minor league complex but uh, at least, hopefully we get some videos at least and we did yeah. get videos of Roderick arias and uh some other guys working out uh yep and will they run games? Will they actually run games between teams, yeah. you know, and stuff? I mean, there's a lot of questions that start, you know, two weeks from now when they start playing and uh, and, and stuff. I guess it's actually a week or so they would be starting to play if they did it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Um, I think the other position, the other the other players to watch once things start settling down is, you know, what are they going to do at second base? Where, where are they doing? Where are they? Where's DJ going? And uh, and Torres, you know, that's uh, you know, so they've got a they've got a glut at certain positions. I mean, is Geo safe? I, you know, there, there's all sorts of stuff that yeah. potentially is. And I hate to see DJ go to first, as good as he is. You know, well, he's not as good as Rizzo. He's not as good as Freeman. He's not as good as Olson. But he defensively and of course offensively is is better than Voigt. Um, you know, uh, their, their thing was they needed the offensive void in the lineup. They were so void of, of, of talent there. Um, so, but anyway, that'll be for another, another, maybe that, maybe we'll set this up for our one, you know, uh, two weeks from now, if there's, if it's too quiet on the, uh, on the agreement front. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. If no, if no agreement in two weeks, hopefully we'll, have, you know, hopefully we'll have some, negotiation stuff to yell about yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. we, de we definitely will <laughs> so yep. um you know i think that's so about what about all. the other lockout you want to go you want to go let's talk 1994 last time we were in this kind of a position right yeah yeah this was that was a strike and um yeah you know obviously the difference between a lockout and a strike is strike is initiated by the players and lockout yep. is initiated by the owners um if the owners didn't implement a lockout this year there was there was a danger of a strike eventually happening um late in the season because like the the strike in 94 the players striking and uh canceling the world series it uh um it, it was it was all to give the players more leverage in that yeah so what happened that year was the Yankees and the Expos were really good and on track to uh, the, those were like the, the two world series, the, the two biggest world series contenders. Um, Expos were like really good. I think uh, like Pedro Martinez was on that team and he talks about how uh, we would have won that year. If uh, like it was <laughs> the biggest tragedy in my career is the Expos never getting a chance. Um, 
something funny that happened that year is uh, Paul O'Neill won the batting title that year. And so as someone who yeah. took a lot of pride in um, uh, his, his batting average and um, at the plate, yeah. it just has a, one of the most unique mentalities in sports was Paul O'Neill. Um, <laughs> you know, since they didn't finish the season, he's like, how, how much pride can I take in that? You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> and 50 games to go. And yet, on the other hand, there was a guy pursuing, uh, hitting 400, chasing uh, Ted Williams one more time and uh, and stuff. And Tony Gwynn out here in San Diego. And and uh, and that was the tough part for him. 50 games to go. He's batting 394, but he's hitting the last 25 games before the before the work stop, before the strike. He's hitting at a 417 clip. He would, you know, if he stayed that and maintained that for the last month and a half of the season, or you know, month and twenty, he would have, he would have, he would have made it. And uh, and there's no, there was no better pure hitter in the game back then, you know. And uh, we think of George Brett, we think of, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, who was uh, okay, uh, Yankees third baseman when they won the World Series, um, chicken eats chicken before every game. I'm dying here. Wait, which which years are we talking? Yeah, in 1990. He, he was, I guess, he wasn't uh, Charlie Hayes. He came. Did he come before or after Wade Box? Wade oh Box. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're trying to think of better hitters and stuff in the game, and and, and you know the pure classic, pure pure hitters. You know, there were none better than Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn uh, back in those days, and and. Uh, you know, and stuff. So it was tough. It was, it was tough. And yeah, the Montreal Expos had their shot. And unfortunately they were, they were in first place and doing really well. And then the strike happened and they never made it. And they had to become the Washington Nationals to get to the world series one the next time. So, yeah. So, but, you know, <clears throat> uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, time will tell about what we're, you know, where, where we, where we're at. Um, will there be a sense of urgency uh, starting on, both, on, on either side to uh, get to a settlement here? Um, you know, as a, as a fan, as a baseball fan, you want to see baseball. As a baseball fan, and you have to watch 162 games before you get to the part of the season that counts. Ryan, what do, you, you, do, you, do you feel you can lose any of the 162 games? Obviously, I don't want to, you know, I was yeah. actually <laughs> during January, I was talking about like, hey, I was talking to my friend was like, hey, they're playing Boston on opening day this year. We, we want yeah. to like, so I hopefully we aren't aren't losing games. Um, hopefully there's a sense of urgency within these next couple next two weeks. Um, yeah, so I think if not, then we're losing games and hopefully we hopefully if we're losing games then we can start like late, like mid to late April, if, if anything, and we're playing like 154 or something like that, back to the old number. Um, yep. I, I don't want to go down to like 90 games or something, uh, which I'm afraid will happen. Uh, but I, I'm trying to stay optimistic. Um, the, the next step is the player's counter proposal. Um, we'll, we'll see when that happens and uh, hopefully there's some progress made. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't take two weeks between proposals all the time. That's that's <laughs> yeah, you know, or forty-three that, days. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, that's 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 what you're hoping. They're hoping that there's some becomes some sense of urgency. They'll keep moving the timeline along. They sit in a room for more, for hopefully they can sit in a room for more than one hour together, and uh, and 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 start hammering stuff out and and uh, you know take the take the gloves off and just just go get it. But you know, I was reading about this 1994 trial. It, it took an injunction by. Uh, at that point in time, U.S. District Court Judge Sonia Sotomayor, who is now on the Supreme Court, to uh, to to settle it, pull both sides together, and say, "No, you're not going to play the games with replacement players and stuff, uh, Major League Baseball, and you guys need to come to us come to an agreement here." And that's that's what that took. So, I, as we were talking earlier, I would love to have somebody like a you know a uh, Condoleezza Rice or somebody separate from the game, total objective third party, come in, sit the children down on both sides of the table and say, you're not leaving here until there's an agreement in place. So let's get the agreement in place. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, hopefully good news to come. Uh, yeah. that's, that's about all we have on this edition of the Yankees Nation po podcast presented by New York Sports Nation. There you go. There we go. As, <laughs> as Jose always used to say. Um, we'll be back in two weeks, hopefully with some good news. If not, we'll we'll, we'll have plenty to talk plenty to talk about. Um, well, th thanks for listening and uh, check us out on New York Sports Nation. Our blogs. Uh, I'll be writing about the Yankees on Thursday. Uh, Brian's doing some giant stuff, and uh, yeah, I got to get one out. I got to get a blog out today. I I owe uh, I owe my man uh, I owe our man Ricky uh, that I I've been I've been a little delayed, but yeah. You know. At least he knows I'm alive. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening.